Welcome to the Bifocal Podcast with John White and Jason Himmelstein, where we talk about business intelligence and the Microsoft stack with news, interviews, and expert opinions from around the space. This is episode 58, recorded on July 25th, 2018, where John and Jason talk about the Business Application Summit after the fact, the road ahead for Power BI, and SharePoint, the blog post, and a deep dive on the Power BI desktop update for July. Good afternoon, John. Good afternoon, Jason. How are you today? Man, I am doing pretty well. I am still home, and you just got home. I literally just got in the door about half an hour ago, yeah. We recorded an episode earlier this week while you were at Business Application Summit. Yep. And and we committed to doing another one this week because we slacked off last week while I was in Vegas. And man, there's just too much to talk about not to do a second episode this it's week. It's true. It's true. And I'm, and I'm also a bit of a sucker for punishment. So I did get up at 3.30 in the morning to catch that 7 a.m. flight. You know, it was awesome. <laughs> I'm not envious because tomorrow morning I'm doing very similar <laughs> when I fly to New York. So I think I have to be up at 4.30, though. So that's okay. We've got some content. Like a lot of it. We have a lot of content. But before we dive into all that, let's spend half an hour just kibitzing you and me. <laughs> I'm kidding. Let's not do that. John, you were at a business application summit, and there are a lot of folks who asked us beforehand, as we were at other events, what in the world is it? Why would I bother going? We've talked about it many times at this point as to what the thing was going to be. We didn't know whether it was going to be any good or not. I didn't go. Yeah. You did. Yeah. Well, and I, was, I wasn't going to go, but I got offered a, a, a speaking gig, so I, I went. And I'm really glad I did. I'm not going to miss it next year, and you should definitely be there next year. It is, it's the first time I've been, I, uh, my business partner, Ed, has been to the Data Insight Summit in years prior, and he didn't make it this year, and he needs to be there too. But previous years, the Data Insight Summit was basically the Power BI conference, so everything about Power BI. This year, it was that conference put together with the Dynamics Conference, whose name escapes me at the moment. Convergence. Convergence, thank you very much. It's those two conferences put together. I'll tell you what, it was pretty heavily Power BI. It was, uh, you know, if you look at the if you look at the tweets, right, uh, with the uh, Tigraph uh, for Twitter reporting, the Power BI hashtag outweighed its next competitor by about three times. So, you know, it was very wow. heavily Power BI. The Power BI sessions were all packed. They were all overflow. There were many repeats. I think they're going to have to, you know, go back in the planning cycle next year. They're going to have to expect, you know, a lot bigger of a, a Power BI audience. But it was huge. I heard the number thirty five hundred kicked around. Looking around the big, uh, the big uh, closing keynote, I would have thought it was about five thousand. So that's wow. just me saying five thousand. But uh, it was a lot of people. There was a lot of energy. It was. Uh, it was a really good show, and uh, logistically, it wasn't a pain in the butt. It was pretty easy to get from one spot to another. Lots of great content. I'm telling you, the Power BI guys just basically open the kimono for this show and talk about you know some of the issues. I got to speak with all of the people I needed to from a work standpoint. You know, for our, for our product, we had some things we needed to talk about. I got to very gracious, and they all you know were quite happy with interviews. I got to, I came back with uh, four interviews for some upcoming shows that we're going to get into, and a couple. Couple others that I didn't get to on the show floor that we might revisit at Ignite, or we might do between now and then. It, it depends on release schedules. So uh, of their, you know, their products. What's the timeliness of it? But all in all, I mean, and I was busy. I was running off my feet. I mean, our our, our good friend uh, Chris Finland was uh, riding me on the way back. Apparently, I got I land, and you two are just having fun at my expense. But <laughs> apparently, I ignored it, but I didn't mean to. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, you know, notwithstanding, we'll fix that in the future. Chris is an awesome friend of the show, and I'm sure that he will forgive you at some he point might. in the future. I, when I might we, have when to we take him out for. Drinks. I might have to abase myself or something like that. But you know, many I many times, yeah, yes. Yeah. But beyond that, so John, one point I want you to help to get across to me, who should show up for this thing? Who, in your opinion, like we, we've talked about so many shows, who should be going to this conference next year? Uh, it's at uh, least from the Power BI standpoint, which is how I'm looking at it. So I can't really comment on the dynamic side of things uh, specifically. And we're a BI yeah, show. Yeah, so yeah there, there, there is that. They're not, li- they're not listening to us anyway. It's, it's, for, every, <laughs> it, it, it's for anybody who's going to be working with Power BI. It, well, it's also, you know, they've got the one of the new terms is the Power Platform, right? And that's Power BI, Power Apps, and Flow. And and that's re- it's, I, sh- I didn't really call that out earlier, but anybody working with those products certainly should be there. I know everybody who was in that space was pumped about the information they were getting. But what Microsoft's doing, quite frankly, there's a quote that I can't say publicly that I need to share with you after the show. But <laughs> somebody we know in the community really well is shocked at how amazing Flow is, just you know from a technical standpoint. So I mean, there's there's things like that. And when I hear the things like that from people that I respect that much, I realize you know if, if the light bulb's going on for them at the show, this is a pretty good show. Well, that's great. Yeah. Man. All right. So enough about that. That is in our past and in our future. We'll we'll revisit that with future Jason, future John. <laughs> <laughs> For today, you mentioned Christopher. I Finland, did, yeah, uh, yeah our good yeah. buddy Chris. Uh, well, well, it, Chris, uh, I was trying to hook up with him at the show, but it just didn't work out. But he had some news that uh, I think we want to cover off because he uh, he released uh, he released a post today. Yeah, Power BI and SharePoint: The Road Ahead. I wonder if there's anybody out there with a podcast that should be interested in that product. <laughs> He gave us a clue. Hey, you know, you may want to pay attention for the next few days. And uh, the email that he sent that started that started off the ribbing was, wow, Jason's already tweeted this. Yes. <laughs> I was on a plane, dude. <laughs> no, you know, you're slacking, man. Get on it. This, for me, was was pretty exciting. You know, this is stuff that we, we've heard a little bit about as MVPs, and we've been able to give some input into. And I am very excited with what Chris has done done with his team and where where they're heading with this, you know. So let's just dive in and talk about what their path forward is. It really is that this the better together story, yeah. but separate. Yeah conversation. You know, the path forward is, you know, they're adding in support for all the major report types across both platforms. We've talked about this before for many sure, times. We've always had the RDL capability. But we're doing it right now, you know, with with uh, SSRS native mode and killing off integrated mode, as well as you know PBIRS for on prem. We really get that RDL capability. But they've made some announcements recently. I believe they talked about it a good deal at the Business Application they Summit did. about RDL for the cloud coming. It's it's coming like a freight train. I I've heard some dates. I don't know if you've heard some dates. I don't know if we can say some dates. We can. What we did can they say, say publicly? It was public. Yeah, August. We're going to see a first preview of that in August uh, of RDL, which is basically SSRS style reports running in the Power BI service. And this is a realization of a goal that they set out in um, the fall of 2015. So they set a vision and they stuck to it. They delivered on it. And I'm, I, I got to give them lots of kudos for that. They didn't veer off. Uh, they didn't change uh, focus halfway along. They've delivered on it. So now we're going to be able to run all of the major report types in both of the platforms, on-prem or in the cloud, there shouldn't be a, shouldn't be a feature-based decision as to whether to use one or the other. And I, I think that's really, really important. And the way you can do it and have them embedded in SharePoint, of course, is because they've done the decoupling. So because we've got native mode reporting, well, sorry, native mode reporting services or Power BI report server, the same thing with these features. 
we're going to be able to embed all these reports directly in SharePoint on-prem. Yeah. The next point here is about providing easier ways to report on your data in SharePoint. You actually have some blog posts. You did one recently about some Excel stuff, yeah. and you've got some new stuff that you're getting ready to publish as well, yeah. which people can take a look at uh, whitepages.unlimitedviz.com to, to go out and check out your blog posts about this. But this has been a topic that, of interest for you recently, which is usually my topic of interest, but you've been running with it. And I just wanted so to write John, it up. What do you have to say about yeah, it? Yeah, I just wanted to write that up. And that's uh, and it might be a, a bit of in reaction. I'm not sure why I wanted it. It, it started out with I've got a post in mind. I want to talk about reporting on OneDrive actually, uh, and then it started into Excel. And uh, this hasn't been discussed, so I wrote it up. But uh, Karem Yukaturk uh, uh, posted something in the uh, in the in the tech community a little while back about a new SharePoint feature, and there's an analyze button being added to the uh, toolbar in uh, SharePoint when you're looking at an Excel file. And that's going to basically take that Excel file and let you import it into Power BI as if you were importing the data into Power BI from the Power BI service. So it's really, it's a it's a UI convenience that makes this a lot more accessible. And that's what this is talking about. So if you've got data in an Excel workbook, Shame on you. But no, no. If you've got data in an Excel <laughs> workbook, which of course lots of people do, you can very quickly get Power BI insights on it by hitting that button. And that's that's part of the tight integration. This is obviously in the cloud, but this is part of the tight integration between the two products still. So yeah, nice to see. We're burying the, the lead, though. <laughs> yeah, no, no. There are two bigger pieces yep. here about this. One is Power Pivot Scheduled Data Refresh. Yes. Uh, you know, came to PBRS in October of 2017. Yep. But, you know, they're expanding the support uh, well, to include scheduled data refresh of, of workbooks. For it Excel speci- well. Yeah, it's specifically the Excel embed. I mean, we've been able to uh, refresh in with Power BI report server PBIX files, no problem. The question was coming because now we have support for Excel files. Are we going to be able to automatically refresh them? And this is great news because with SharePoint 2019, they are not bringing forward Power Pivot for SharePoint. So if you've got data models in Excel files and you need to keep them refreshed and you need to have them accessible through SharePoint, you're kind of dead in the water from that standpoint. It's gone away. And they're now moving that capability off to Power BI Report Server. And I say Power BI Report Server because you need Power BI Report Server as opposed to SSRS to be able to do the Excel stuff. And this is totally analogous with the way it can work in the cloud because I can connect an Excel workbook that's uh, sitting in SharePoint to Power BI in the cloud and have Power BI do the refresh for me. So this is adding, it's not exactly that same capability. It's close, but it, it, but it's it's giving us the ability to have that Excel workbook content refreshed. And that's great great news. Yeah, this has been something that has been uh, sorely needed. I wrote a book way back when with Dave Feldman about Power Pivot yep. for SharePoint. And the reason why we had to write it was because it was just too damn it was. hard. It was something that was a conglomeration of different teams at Microsoft trying to do something and pulling this thing out and putting it in the right places, putting it into PBRS, putting, you know, leveraging Power BI is the right way to go forward with this stuff. And doing that scheduled data refresh is a critical thing for businesses. It really is. My company requires me to make sure that things are up to date. Yep. And if I can't schedule the data refresh, man, it's just not as useful. People stop looking at it. It's just no longer being paid attention to. Yep. So, it completes the picture for um, on-prem. In fact, that's really what that does. Yeah. 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 So lastly, but not leastly mm, at all. Not at all. Is something. How, yeah. how long have people asking for this? For a really, really long time. John, go ahead, man. 
You're, you're 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 jumping out of your chair just in case people, you know, for people at home. Roll, you're 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 so like it, it's almost as though you had six Red Bulls on the airplane. This is the topic <laughs> that you've been excited about, and this is the first time I've heard it said. I didn't even I haven't heard this uh, as being definitely on the table in uh, in a non disclosure way either. So this is kind of exciting. We are finally getting modern authentication support, which means claims based authentication in Power BI Report Server, and I presume SSRS. They're conflating the two in here, but I don't see why they wouldn't add it to. Both. Just to mess with us, I, I could see that being a thing. Just, just to, to mess with just us, just because yeah. they want to mess with us. Chris likes to likes to play with yeah. us a little bit, uh, you know. But I, no, I agree with you. The logic says, you know, because again, uh, Power BI Report Server is a superset of features on top of of SRS. I have to imagine that the the underlying plumbing here is, what's changing, is, yeah. is where it lives, not in the superset of features. Yep, absolutely. So, I mean, this is a foundational element, and so I imagine that we will. The reason why we, it's not being called out specifically here is because it's going to come as a part of the, the either the next release of SSRS or a feature release of SSRS. Yeah, the the, so. the, the post that Chris made today is uh, is is short on specifics. Uh, so we don't know when any of this stuff is coming. We don't know exactly where it's landing, but this is a firm commitment. And I've come to, uh, frankly, I've come to trust Chris's commitments. He, uh, he, he, yeah, he tends- I think you just called Chris short. I heard it. Uh, you <laughs> well, know, he's not just to- tall. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's tall like you, John, but still, like, give the man a break. He's, he's doing great stuff. He's doing fantastic so, stuff. Whiz. We love Chris. All right. Well, with that, I think we could finish off on that, and let's get dive right into the meat of where we wanted to go with this episode before Chris uh, dropped this in our lap yeah. this morning. This was opportunistic for us to talk about in this episode, but really, the reason why we came today together was to talk about this new July feature update for Power BI Desktop. And it is huge. I'm I'm not even going to go there just because that just sort of stings because I know where you're, you, what fun you're poking, but... <laughs> Anyway, let's talk about it. You know, there there are once again, just like usual, there are many areas to cover off. But I think the biggest one in this, personally, is the modeling. Section. It really, it really is. It's it's foundational. It's fundamental. Um, I think we touched on it uh, while, while I was at the business application summit. The fact that we're getting composite models, and composite models is the ability to have a data model that has both imported data in a cache scenario and direct query data that happens to live, um, that's actually living outside of the data model. And they can both exist within the same data model. In addition, we can have multiple direct queries in there. So that's something that we've been needing for a very long time. That's something that's there. And along with that, and it's kind of, it's considered part of the same feature, but they're really different features, but one kind of requires the other is this many concept of a many, many to many to many relationship. And the, the fact that you will now be able to join tables, join two tables where the IDs on one of them are not unique. And there are scenarios that, uh, well, there, there's a way around it, right? You can always create a, an intermediate table to, to map the IDs so that you can get, get around. Now you won't have to do that, but you will have to exercise now, let's caution. Let's be perfectly honest. That has always been a major pain point for people. Yep. You get that error and you bang your head against the wall and I have done it. You yep. have done it. It is a, it is a barrier to entry for a lot of people when they're looking at things. This is one of those major, major things yep. that I honestly, God thought you were about to stand up, pop your collar and start singing Grease Lightning <laughs> when you started talking about it. It's automatic. It's systematic. It's hydromatic. It's composite models. You know, yep. I'm just, th- this, when we started talking about this, this is something we've been waiting for, something that is going to make things a lot easier for people to consume using Power BI Desktop. 
this for me was was, was very mad. It's a big deal. And, and, but I do want to exercise caution. If you expect <laughs> a one to many relationship and you drag your ID file or your your your, your foreign key under your uh, primary key. Sometimes it's a good idea when it tells you that one of them isn't unique. So you, you just exercise mm-hmm. a little caution. Don't get sloppy with it. But yes, it's an important. And it's also foundational for some stuff that's coming. And they announced it at the summit around performance. The um, uh, Christian Wade showed off uh, demo uh, showed off a data set with over a trillion rows of data, lickety split. And the way that works under the covers requires composite models because it has a combination of imported data and and uh, and and, uh, and lookups to be able to drill down into a detail level of the data. So exciting. Yeah, that was, I believe you said that was a Spark demo that he was he doing. He was doing correct? it against Spark. And, and oh, yes, I, I said we'd, we'd revisit it. So I chatted with Christian after after that uh, as the interview. And uh, whether or not you're using Spark or SQL, is kind of irrelevant the way that worked. Wow. Yeah, it was not, the performance of that was not coming specifically from Spark. With one exception, when you're dealing with the aggregate data, you're just living with data that's in the model. It doesn't matter where it came from. When you want to drill down on a specific detail level, it is going back to that source. So the performance of that source at that point will dictate how long that operation takes. But beyond that, it's not. Gotcha. No, very, very cool stuff. So I agree with you. Caution is required when doing things with truly formed data. But for the ad hoc data person who's trying to pull some stuff together, this will help quite a bit for those Excel people who are trying to pull some table Mm -hmm. data together Mm -hmm. and be able to mash it up, you know, pull together a couple small disparate systems. I think that this will make things a lot easier for people. Again, this is a preview feature. In order to find it, you have to go into options and settings under options, under preview features and enable it. It will require you to restart Power BI Desktop in order to actually be able to do it. Anything else you want to cover off on composite models, John? I'm just going to make sure that people, we, we enunciation sometimes is, is, is crisp as well. You Canadians say it one way, the rest of the world says it another, but you know, I think it's a... You still haven't learned how to pronounce process, so there you go. I understand. I have not, but that's okay. <laughs> so the next section here is all about reporting. Starting to dig in, this is this is always a big, big section in the monthly <laughs> drop. And it's another one. Will Thompson showed a lot of this stuff on. Uh, on stage at the summit as well. And it's great. You've done work in Power BI Desktop. The visual header no longer gets in the way. You know how you could never get your your your, your visual box to go right to the top of the screen? You, uh-huh. you can now. By the way, what we're talking about, they, they're, they're considered preview features in desktop. We never really called it out. Both com- uh, composite models, composite models, and uh, the reporting stuff is, is something you have to go and turn on uh, within your Power BI desktop. Just, just mentioning that. But uh, the visual header, you can now bring that up to the top of the screen. You can control the icons that exist within that. That so that when you when you use this this feature, the header will is no longer actually a header. It will it will show up over top of the visual different ways. It's a little responsive that way. But you can on a visual uh, by visual basis go and turn off the icons that you don't want to have show up. So you actually have the ability. One of the things that's come up every once in a while is we don't want the users to be able to export their data to Excel. Well, just turn off the icon. That's one way to do it. And there really is no way to get at it. Yeah, yeah it's fantastic stuff. There's the, the the new wallpaper formatting, so you don't have to get those gray boxes that fall outside of that report area anymore. You can color that or put in a, an image as you wish. You would think this wouldn't be a big deal, 
because uh, who cares? It's wallpaper format. This is a huge deal for me. <laughs> I do a lot of stuff that is geo reporting in different different locations, and being able to drop a wallpaper on something so that people know when they're looking at something from the UK versus the Australian side of things versus the US, absolutely massive for me. Visual cues. It's not about pretty colors. It's about the visual cues. It's about, you know, even if you just print across the back, the, the name of the city on, it's not a big deal. But looking at it, the third one just jumped right at me that it's Tower Bridge, you know. Hey, that's exactly the type of thing that I'm going to use this for is being able to put that visual cue in so people know what they're looking at. Yep, absolutely right. I mean, this is all part of the fit and finish stuff that Will was, uh, what Will's been talking about, that they're really looking at improving the experience for users, both designers and consumers. And yeah, that, that header feature, by the, you know, it gets to be a problem when you get visuals too close to each other and the header comes up over top of one of the other visuals and you don't, it, it's, so this, it's, it's basically all fixed. Did we get a graphical UI for doing theming, John? No. We didn't get a graphical AI for everything, but we did get some theming updates. So with theming updates to support some of these features, we're just talking about wallpapers, et cetera. And we're getting some uh, out of the box uh, th- themes coming. I'm not sure if they're, in the, if they're in the desktop. This isn't called this out yet. And I still haven't had a chance to test out for myself, but uh, you know, themes are getting more control to them, but I, but they're still, uh, you know, you're still editing JSON. You know how that works. Yeah. I'm always editing. Yes, JSON. you are. You are. That's, of course, just we're thing. working on you. Hey man, I'm, I'm down 10 pounds on my diet. So. Is that you know, right? I'm feeling, awesome. I'm feeling like I'm, I'm working on the revamping of, of, of the JSON. Awesome so, you know, stuff. We're working on it. So the next thing is tool tips uh, for tables and matrices. Yep. Or matrices. That was a big one for me. The first time I wanted to use that page tooltip feature. I don't know if you've used that yet. It's pretty mm-hmm. cool. So basically, you can define a report page as a tooltip. And so when you hover over uh, an item, you're actually going to get a little diagram with, with the visuals you have included in a pop-up. It's it's fantastic. The first place I went to use it was, oh, now I want to have a drill down on this table data. And I, oh, where's the tooltip? Oh, you can't do tooltips. So now you can. Yeah. Now you can. Yeah. That was a showstopper for me. I, I, it was one of those things I looked at and I was like, oh, this is awesome. And I went to it and I'm not going to use it until this is there. So, so it's there. Now I can start to use this because Table and Matrix actually is there and it so much better. So yep, and it, of course the opposite is true. If you don't want them there, you can turn them off. So you don't. If you don't want to have tooltips popping up all over the place, if you just want to display that data, you can do that as well. So that's another feature that's uh, that's showing up. And there's some other work around here. I mean, this the further down we get in this list, the less I know about the items. So just be warned. But things like uh, slicer accessibility, I know that there's some keyboard access things that were not there that are there now. So they're you know they're not only making things easier for designers and producers, but uh, obviously for um, you know screen assistive sorts of things. You know, for for the blind, etc. So yeah, the screen the, the, this makes it so that you know as you move around, screen reader is actually able to capture exactly and, and read the data based. Upon slicer, you know, as keyboard well, shortcuts, so. that's that that sort of thing. There's uh, some improvements to the to the formatting pane itself, and then there's some specific uh, changes to uh, to visuals and sorting and things like that. So a lot of stuff right on the reporting front uh, that got bundled into this release. And by the way, I did ask uh, Will later on uh, the, uh, that week. There's also going to be a desktop drop for August. So, oh, is yeah, there? Awesome. There is, yeah. That's 
Fantastic. And he says there's some significant stuff in there. So, Well, you know, ho- hopefully you being in now a Power BI MVP in addition to a SharePoint MVP, you'll actually get a little bit more info on, on that and we'll be able to talk about we'll it. We'll see. I doubt uh, it. When, when, when we do the drop. <laughs> exactly. 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 <laughs> not that we haven't, not, not that we ha- don't ever talk about it as soon as it drops anyway, but, you know, I just wanted to call it out yet again because it's only the third time I've done that today. Yep. It's just kind of fun for me. That's the bulk of the fun stuff in desktop. Or we can we can run down a few of the other things and call them out if you like. Absolutely. Under the analytics section, we have distribution factor insights, which I initially didn't have a clue what that was. But looking at it, it's uh, really some some enhancements to the uh, to the in, uh, the data insights feature. Which you know, when you when you bring in data for the first time into Power BI, you can turn on data insights, and it'll come back with a bunch of charts that say, "Hey, did you know this?" And there's you know the old find relationships and things for you. Uh, this is basically some fine tuning around that. It's let, letting you have some control around well, what about this and what about that. So uh, let you drill down a little bit on that sort of thing. Yeah, definitely have to do a little bit more research into this feature because traditionally it's not been an area of big interest, but starting to hear some of the things that are coming out where they're plumbing more AI into things and some of the things that you and I've talked about of recent times, John, I think this is probably an area that they're going to start to polish up a little bit more and really try and put some more horsepower into. So hopefully in the future we'll get there. I would think so. So under the custom visuals section, it looks like there is a new certification for uh, custom visuals. Basically, yeah, they want to be want to allow people uh, to centrally approve or, or reject custom visuals to be run within an organization. This is a way of tagging them as, as whether or not they're organizational approved. Organization approved. Well, you're talking about the next one down. I'm talking about a new category inside the store called Power BI Certified. Oh, Power BI Certified. That's certified by the team. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because you've got some things like, um, uh, right today, for example, you you, you have the the Esri map uh, visual that ships within Power BI Desktop. And it's actually a custom visual, but they're shipping along with it. They're basically, because they want you to know that you should probably have this thing because it's good. And that's basically their way of doing it without having to include it in the desktop all the time. Yeah, I think that they're... From a visual perspective, it looks like there's a nice little blue checkbox with a little star burst around it, kind of a thing that they're that they're pumping in. And when you actually click on it, it actually comes up and it pops for under additional information. This visual is certified by Power BI. So they've yeah. actually looked at it and you can tell that this is something that, that Microsoft has sort of given that uh that little blessing and said, Yeah, this is a good this is a visual that we approve. They're, they're trying to keep the fart visuals out of the store, basically. <laughs> oh, you're no fun, what? dude. You, you're always ragging on the fart visual and the and, and the fish tank visual. Fish man. tank visual. That's it. What else can we do exactly uh, to make you to make you realize those are wonderful things? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. 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 In addition to those, we've got a few others. We've got the visual custom uh, custom visual and the map box custom visual are both generally available with this release. So we've had access to them for a little while. Now they're blessed, fully blessed by the uh, by the team. Cool. And you did mention the one about disabling specific organizations. I did. Visuals. I didn't, yeah, something I didn't that back. I personally, inside of our company, am a fan of. If, if it's something that we don't, that's just no good, something that's not going to work, we know that. We can actually go in and turn them off so we don't have people churning hours trying to make something work. I've run across like the image viewer web parts. There's only one that actually works. There are three or four of them out there. Going in and disabling those so they can't be used in the organization. So it pops up and says, sorry, not available. As well as just things that, you know, if there's a, a freemium version that we don't want people buying, right. we could disable them as well. So that's kind of a nice yep. thing. Yep. And uh, finally, we got a couple of new custom visuals available uh, in, the, in the custom area. We got the data text box custom visual, which is lets you mash up dynamic data with, uh, with static text. 
let you start to sub values in in, in, a, in a visual way. Basically, I can I can throw in tags and have data pop in, much in the same way as we saw demoed um, expressions uh, in in upcoming versions. Expressions aren't there now. Uh, this certainly covers this off um, from a custom visual standpoint. As well, we got the uh, China scatter map. So China's getting a lot of love lately. I, I've noticed that. <laughs> yeah, I think it's uh, it's interesting uh, that that's that's become a big big focus. I don't know. Are they large? Uh, well, China's got. Do they have much data. Not much. I think data, there's a few right? people in China. It's just a couple. Yeah, it's probably a reasonable. Yeah, thing. exactly. So it's it's more geo stuff around around China. So if you're working with China data, have a look at it. I think that ties into the. You know, there was another blog post that we will talk about in a future episode. I'm just going to tease it here. The the other one that was talked about this week, Chris Finland again published another article, public preview of multi geo for Power BI Premium. That's right. So. I think this ties very well with that that same topic. Hey, some you know, starting to see more of that happening. Exactly so. that. Exactly that. That brings us to data connectivity, and there's always some uh, improvements here, and there's occasional new connector that shows up. No real new connectors here, uh, except there's there's been a big improvement to the IBM DB2 connector. It picks up direct query support. That's in preview as well. So now we can go directly to IBM DB2 data. We get SAP HANA has uh, got an improvement to its uh, default variable. Uh, sorry, default values for variables in its variable input experience. You can tell I've been on a plane for a while. I'm telling you. And then the Web by Example connector, and that's that new one that popped up a couple months ago. We talked about it a little bit, and that's a real that new way of of being able to take data from a web page and essentially scrape it by example. Mm-hmm. And I've used it a couple of times and it's pretty, it looks pretty powerful. It's something that's coming out of Microsoft research actually. And they're, uh, they're bringing it right into power query. Uh, now you can have multiple custom tables come in, in an existing, uh, uh, table. You can have the automatic completion feature is working within, uh, if you get, you know, the custom column sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And the, uh, and you can expose the, uh, attribute selectors of the HTML table. So nice. they're making incremental improvements to this thing, and it's going to get better and better over time too. They see this. I know that they see this thing is is, is very very important. I look forward to actually getting to spend some time with it. I haven't since it dropped, and you and I <laughs> and I started playing with it. I was like, I'm going to go all in and do a whole bunch, and yeah. then I ran into a bunch of roadblocks, and I was waiting for things exactly like this to come along. That's one of the great things about what Power BI is doing is that it's a continuous improvement. There, there, you know, you can drop off for a little bit, come back to it, and find that there. Are improvements on the things that you were expecting them to be there. As long as you go into user voice, spend some time yep. and actually go off and vote on the things that are ticking you off, it's actually <laughs> working really well. The last part of this article starts to call out some coming soons. Mm-hmm. Again, talking about the uh, top ideas and user voice being looked at first. Uh, and I'm just going to read this. This month, our, fir- our first coming soon feature is uh, related to the top idea on user voice, which is printing a report from Power BI Desktop. Oh, well. We talked about that a little guess bit. Guess what? <laughs> was- we started planning this feature a couple of months back, and based on that, we're working on the export to PDF feature, which will let you export with one click all visible pages of your report to a PDF. From there, we'll be able to open a PDF in your default viewer and choose to save it somewhere and print it out so that other to share it with others. That will come very soon. Yeah, they, they made a big deal out of this at the, at the essentially the Power BI keynote because they were they dealt with I think the number three user voice item and they said that was the number three. What was the number one? And they walked up on stage and they pulled the cover off of 
A printer. A dot, dot matrix <laughs> that printer. Wasn't that wasn't oh, It was a laser, but that's okay. Oh, Does anybody man. know what one of they these is? an opportunity. Yeah. Come on. Exactly. And then Will pulled out these really nice looking sheets. But yeah. Yeah. So uh, that, that's, a, that's a much asked for feature that's coming to fruition. That's awesome. And the last thing I'll mention here is it does specifically call out the next update for Power BI Desktop should be available the week of August 6th. Oh, there you are. Okay, I didn't catch that. So, wow. Yeah, right th- right here in the article. So, you don't have to take our word for it. It's in print. Well, digital yeah. print on a screen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, uh, you know, that gives you a wrap of all the new features. I'm looking forward to getting to play with this stuff. I have updated all of my machines. And this weekend, I'm going to be in SharePoint Saturday, New York. Awesome. Talking about uh, Power BI. I think I'm going slide free this weekend. Are man. you really? It's a demo session. It's an hour with me and Power BI. Wow. Uh, you know, the, the love story. It's, uh, you know, telling stories with Power BI is what it's called. And uh, I'm looking for some good data sets. So I'm, I'm going to start to just pull some stuff together and and let it rip. It should be a lot that of fun. That sounds like a blast, man. I wish I could be there, but I'm, I've got something going on. So. <laughs> Yeah, you've got you've got to get a little bit of something happening up in your neck of the yep. woods. So, but with that, man, it is. Uh, I, I got to get back to work. I don't know about you. You just got home. You, you got probably got a lot. Of work I got to, a, I got you? a lot of unpacking to do. Yep, exactly that. All right, man. Well, we are as we mentioned, we are going to be dropping some episodes with interviews in them coming up soon. Next week will probably be our first. Don't know which one we're going to do. I don't know do either. Yet. Yeah, it's we'll going to be a lot out. of fun. But we do know that you talked with a, a friend of ours that we did an interview with back in March. That's right. And we're, we're going to hold names. We will tell you when the episode drops. That episode will drop. It is coming like a freight train. <laughs> and uh, as soon as it will, we will drop it the day that they release the blog announcements about it. The things that they've been, that, that we talked about back then are coming to fruition. And we've gotten approval to go ahead and publish that episode when it drops. Yep. So expect that too. So lots of great stuff. We'll continue to do a news show and then an interview show and all that. But uh Great talk with you, John. Always a pleasure, my man. I'll talk with you soon, buddy. Bye. Take it easy. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Bifocal Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to us on SoundCloud, iTunes, or via your favorite podcast app. You can follow us on Twitter at Bifocal Show. The show notes for this and all of the Bifocal Podcasts can be found on the Bifocal.show blog. The music for the Bifocal Podcast is Indie Rock by Scott Holmes and is shared under Creative Commons.